What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sneaky Emu. This is episode number, let's call it 35 for good measure. Why not? Let's just make up some numbers. Who cares, really? We can do what we want. It's our party. We can cry if we want to. Episode number 35. So I want to do um, the next couple like episodes are going to be... Uh, it's not really a series, but kind of a series. <laughs> um, we're going to call it uh, the cup. Let's see. The chair, the cup, and the bike. The chair, the cup, and the bike. Uh, and and each week we'll focus on one of these things. And they're all like kind of uh, story-based talks that... Help us to maybe rethink and refocus some of our ideas about some of the teachings that we may be familiar with. Or really, they're just they're just good, they're good things. They're good for life. They're good for me. Hopefully they're good for you. Okay, so the chair, the cup, and the bike. This is uh part one, so we'll call this one the chair. Um, not like the chair, as in the electric chair but as in a story about a chair. Um, so I, I was at the gas station and um, apparently there's uh, some sort of fear now about um, gas being a gas shortage and the price of gas skyrocketing. And so my wife had texted me that you need to go get some gas. And of course, being the ever obedient and uh, concerned husband, I did. I went and got that gas. And it was right across the street from where I work, except um, when I got there, the gas station was packed. Uh, people are kind of a bit nervous and scared. And by the time this comes out, we'll know if it was, if there was anything to it or if it was just, you know, um, a reflex. Because for some reason, we have this tendency to jump to the worst possible conclusions, and panic when we hear there's a shortage of anything, like toilet paper, or masks, or now apparently, gas. So, uh, when I was standing in line there, it, it kind of reminded me of something that happened um, a couple years ago, really. Uh, there, uh, and, and if you're in Florida, this happens almost every time. Uh, but I went to the gas station a couple years ago uh, before a big hurricane, Right, like that's one of the that's one of the big things people do. In case you don't know, you go get some gas for your truck. You fill up a few gas cans uh, for whatever reason. Maybe you've got a generator. Maybe you're just trying to get out of Dodge. I don't know. But I remember I went to the gas station, and just like today, it was slammed. Everyone and their brother was at the gas station all at the same time. Everybody's a bit miffed, a bit perturbed, a bit frustrated, a bit worried and scared about the hurricane that was coming. Uh, so the gas station was packed <clears throat> and there's this chaos and this disorder and you're not sure really who's going where and who pulled in when and what the order is. Like people have this unease about everything that's going on. Um, and will like, will they be able to get enough gas? Will their houses be Okay. And so as you pull into a situation situation like that, you're trying to like sort through everything. Like uh, who's where, uh, should I turn, which pump should I pull behind, like just the whole thing. 
Um, so, uh, uh, one of the pump opens up and I remember, um, as I pulled in, this guy pulls in front of me and he gets, he's like really angry and he's like giving me the middle finger along with some creative words. And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like that, that seems, a that seems a bit uncalled for. I mean, I understand things are a little tense right now, but that seems a bit extreme. Like I, I didn't do anything. I was just minding my own business. But he's a bit frustrated with me. And so <clears throat> I begin to get a little bit angry as I think about why this guy is getting upset with me, right? Like, I didn't I didn't do anything. I waited my turn. Give me a break. Uh, who, who does this guy think he is that he's getting upset with me? And then uh, I shortly realized as I was pumping the gas um, that I was, in fact, the jerk because <laughs> I had come in from the other side of the gas station and totally bypassed everyone. <laughs> so they're all patiently waiting and I snuck in and grabbed a pump. So maybe I deserved it. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But I was a little embarrassed about the whole thing because I thought, oh gosh, I, here I, th I was getting upset with this guy thinking he was the jerk, but actually I'm the biggest jerk here. Um, and, and it was kind of in that moment that I began to realize that that guy's anger wasn't, it wasn't specifically about me, like as a human being, it wasn't, it wasn't a personal thing. He just like everybody else in those lines, um, they had a lot on, on their plate at that moment. I had a lot on that plate at the moment. It was before the hurricane. You're worried about a lot of stuff, worried about houses, families, the aftermath of like, if the hurricane hits, um, he like, people are primed for lashing out in situations like that. And I was like the little bit of like spark to the stick of dynamite. I, 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 I don't think it had anything to do with me personally. Um, I think it had everything to do with what everyone was carrying with themselves on that particular day. Um, it, it's like for better or worse, anger is something that we as humans have to deal with from time to time. Right. Whether, whether it's our own anger, whether it's the anger of others uh, directed towards us, anger is something that we wrestle with as a human species. Um, in the book of Mark, there's a story about a time that Jesus got angry. Yes, Jesus got angry. Mark 3, verse 1 through 5. Take a listen to this. Um, another time Jesus went into the synagogue, a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath, because this was like against the law, against the law, um, the Sabbath law. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, which is lawful on Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. So the question Jesus asks calls out like the hardness of the hearts of the religious people. It says Jesus looked around them, uh, around at them at anger, right? Um, let's see. Uh, I just lost my place. Oh, yeah, verse 5. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. 
So the the word in for anger in the Greek text for this uh, right here in this passage, it speaks to this idea that uh, this anger is this temporary thing. It's a feeling that comes over you and then subsides, right? The idea is that there you have this moment, something wells up inside of you, and then it passes. So anger is this emotion uh, that we have to deal with, but anger, anger itself really isn't the problem. The problem is how we respond to that thing welling up inside of us uh, in that moment. The, the problem is what we do with that emotion. Do you see? So there's these different components to anger. Um, what we do with our anger can go a couple of different ways, but it's going to lead to something. When you have this moment of something overtaking you, it's got to come out somewhere. You're, you're, um, you're, it's this transfer of energy almost, right? And the reason that there is a response to anger that is very much about you. It's very much about us. And a lot of times it, it has to do with like, it's, it's a bit small or it's often kind of like a petty response that has to do with our own pride and how we have been treated unfairly or unjustly. Like, uh, you can't do that to me. You know, uh, like when somebody commits some sort of minor infraction against you, like when they cut you off in traffic or when somebody doesn't show up on time or so when somebody says something bad about you, right? That's like like me at the gas station. I'm getting a bit perturbed that this guy was perturbed at me. So, uh, and he's angry because I committed this infraction against him in which I didn't adhere to the lines of the gas station pumping. Um, but this isn't this isn't really what we see happening with Jesus here. He takes his anger and he does something else. He responds differently. His anger here is about something bigger. His anger has to do with a larger injustice. There's something uh, divine about his anger. You see, because it says uh, he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their seven hearts, and then he said to the man, "Stretch out your hand." Right, so he gets frustrated, but it's not. He doesn't turn on them and then like <clears throat> begin to bash them or scream at them or yell at them or throw something at them. He takes that anger that wells up inside of him and he uses it actually for something good. I mean, if you think about it, isn't isn't this the kind of thing that you would want to see from the one who claims to be one with God? Wouldn't you expect? the God who is love, to exhibit this kind of divine anger and frustration. When when one of his children isn't being taken care of, you got the man with the crippled hand, and then his response is anger at the people who aren't doing anything, and his response is to take that anger and actually like transform something, right? I mean, would, would you be... Would you be okay, um, would you rather this God be okay with a group of people who are sitting uh, sitting idly by doing nothing as somebody suffers, right? Is, is that the kind of God that you want to believe in? That, that Jesus as God incarnate 
shows up and he sees one of his children with the crippled hand and nobody's doing anything to help, would you prefer that he doesn't do anything? W wouldn't it be more disturbing uh, to have a God who is just okay when people are being abused or exploited or forgotten? If, well, of course not. Or, of course so. It would be more disturbing if, if God was okay with all of it. The thing about anger is that there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of power and energy in anger, right? Have you ever lost your temper before? Uh, like really just flown off the handle? Like so angry that, that you broke something? Um, and ev even if it was like, wasn't, even if it was an unjust thing, or even if it was a stupid thing, I guess maybe like, there's a lot of a lot of power and energy that anger generates. Um, I remember when I was in my like early twenties, and I found myself at a particular place in life where things weren't going so well for me. I had I was I got kicked out of Bible college, which was awesome or not. I was living at home um, as an early twenty year old. Uh, and my dad gave me, uh, my dad gave me a bunch of like, uh, like extra rules. Like I had to pay rent for my own room. I had to get, get a job. I had to like tell my parents every time I went somewhere and who I was going with and what I was doing, uh, because they were concerned for me. It's all out of love. I understand that now. Uh, but I remember I, I was working like three different job jobs, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I remember one particular evening, uh, I was at a buddy's house and there was a kid, um, there was a kid there who I, I was friends with and he was the type of person that, um, that gets on your nerves fairly easily. And, and he had just, he had kind of been on my back about stuff like all night. You ever, you ever had those people that know how to push your buttons or get under your skin? And so he had been on me about just various things throughout the evening and I just, I just kind of snapped. Like I, and I remember this so clearly. I, and I'm, for the most part, I, I'm pretty even keeled. I think uh, it, it takes me a good bit to get riled up. Uh, but this kid was was a bit relentless. And so we were standing on the front porch, and I don't, I can't recall exactly what he said, but whatever he said, <laughs> however minor it was. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I remember I just lost it. I flew off the handle um, uh, and there was this like white plastic chair, you know, like a cheap outside lawn chair type thing, like one piece molded, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, and he was sitting up like against, he was sitting in one of them up against the wall. And then there was an empty white plastic chair next to him. <laughs> and I started screaming at this kid and I picked up the empty chair and then with all of my might I swung this white plastic chair as hard as I could as close as I could to his face without actually hitting him and when I did that he was sitting up against like a concrete wall and so I the chair just shattered into a bunch of pieces like it, it, it was a bit brittle uh, and I remember having the thought, like, like, wow, what just, what just happened? Like, who, who was that? Did I really just smash the chair because I was so frustrated at something stupid he said? Right? 
the the energy and the power that came over me in that moment was unreal. Like that that's been that's been close to like 20 years ago and I can still remember that moment, that anger, that release of energy that that was really it wasn't really about him. It was all about me and everything that I was dealing with at the time. See, but what Jesus does here in this moment, what he does with his anger is that he responds in a whole different way. He says to the crippled man, stretch out your hand. The man does, and he's healed. You see, the anger of Jesus leads to healing and restoration. His anger led to something uh, that made things better. My anger, our anger, often leads to destruction and tearing things down or hurting somebody or breaking something. But the anger of Jesus leads to healing and restoration. So the problem the problem isn't anger itself, right? It, the, it's not a sin to be angry. The problem is what we will do with it. What The problem is what do we do with that energy and that emotion? The issue is not the anger. The issue is we misplace this very powerful emotion. So Jesus becomes angry yet he lived a sinless life, right? Again, the problem isn't the anger. The question is, what do we do with this emotion? Why is this thing getting us worked up? And then what are we going to do with all of that energy? Will it be some sort of outburst, some sort of fit of rage that destroys? Or will you be able to channel that power and that energy into somehow increasing the peace and the goodness in the world? Will you be able to channel that into creating a better world. You know, often, often when we think of having like a sense of purpose in the world and how we will spend our lives, the question it seems like most people ask has to do with like, what do you love to do? Right? Well, then just do that. Or if you, um, if like, uh, if you, if you've ever been to like a guidance counselor or something in school, right? What's the thing that you, if you, if, if you had a billion dollars and you could just do what you wanted and money wasn't an issue, what would you love to do? Right? That's, it's, it's kind of like that. Like when we try to determine how we were spending our lives, the question we often ask is, well, what do you love to do? We'll do that. But if you find yourself in a place where it seems like there's a lot of stuff you like to do, but you're not really sure what you love to do, right? Because I have a lot of things that I like to do. I have a lot of hobbies, a lot of interests, a lot of things that spark my imagination. But there is another question that you can ask. Like, what is the thing that makes you angry? What is the what is the thing that you see in your life or in the world around you and you go, oh, that's not right. Maybe somebody should do something about that, right? Absolutely. But maybe that somebody is you. Maybe when you're talking about passion or mania and direction and you can't seem to find um, what you think your passion should be, maybe the way you, you go about that is by looking at it like from the opposite direction. In fact, I heard somebody um, just recently uh, come up with an idea that I thought was really quite, quite great, uh, and he called it the, the South Star. Um, if you're familiar with this or the person I'm talking about. And it was, 
basically the idea was um, oftentimes we talk about a North Star as in the positive thing that guides and direct us, right? We have a North Star in our life. Uh, but what about like a South Star? Like what's, what's the uh, opposite, right? So instead of going towards a thing that is good, that you think is positive, whatever, you can also use the, the, the opposite of that to help give you guidance and direction. Oh, that's what I don't like. Uh, that's what makes me angry. That's the thing that I think shouldn't be happening. And then you go in the opposite direction. It's kind of the same thing here, right? Well, what makes you angry? What's the thing that you get? You find yourself getting upset about? Um, maybe you should listen to that. Maybe God is speaking to you through that. It, it seems like people... Um, it seems like people often get angry about the wrong things. You're getting angry about things that don't really matter. And then we seem to be indifferent about the things that actually do matter. Like, like why do people get bent out of shape about what celebrities and athletes think about stuff? Or like, I I remember uh, it wasn't too long ago. There was this whole thing that people were getting upset about animal crackers do you remember this? Like how they sh- how they should be portrayed as free reign animal crackers rather than animal crackers that uh, are cartoons shown to be in cages, you know, like on the little animal cracker boxes. Or even even I mean, several several years ago, do you remember all the people that were getting upset about the coffee company that produced a plain red holiday coffee cup? <laughs> Right. They were saying, oh, we have to boycott them because they're not, you know, promoting Christmas. They're not, they're anti the reason for the season, whatever. Like, this is what we're getting upset about? Really? Like, this is the stuff? Like, uh... so after I got, uh, after I got in the proper gas line to fill up my truck, (laughs) I got my gas and headed home. And, uh, we were all waiting to see what was going to happen with the, with the hurricane. And we had a little extra downtime than normal. And so I watched a couple documentaries. Uh, and this, again, this was a couple years ago. Um, and, and one was called, uh, free meek. If you're familiar with this one is a story of meek mills, who was a rapper who got, uh, uh, put in jail for, for something. And then they kind of showed like the, the story behind that. And then they show how, um, how ridiculous because he's a well-known rapper they showed how ridiculous even he was being treated like uh based on his um like probationary type stuff which was really really interesting and then there was a series that that was out a couple years ago um called when they see us i don't know if you remember that it was i think that was the one about um the there was this famous group of five kids uh, the story in New York where they were accused of um, murdering a white woman, these black kids murdering a white woman in a park in New York. And it just shows like how these young men got caught up in the justice system and how they were mistreated and how just how everything went down. Um, and and the, they're both true stories, right? Like the when they see us was more of a like a dramatic retelling. Um, but they're both true stories. And I remember sitting there watching these stories about how these young men were treated because of the color of skin. 
And it just began to make my my blood boil. Like there was this rage welling up inside of me. And and I just kind of let it, right? Because Jesus says this thing where he says, uh, you know, love your neighbors as yourself. And that kind of was resonating with me as I'm like in stewing in this bit of anger. And I know that I would never want to go through what these young men went through and and what many, many uh, people across our nation continue to deal with. So instead of rejecting the impulse or shutting off the stuff or like, like being angry that I'm angry, uh, I just kind of sat there like um, taking it in. Like, wouldn't it be better for me to embrace that impulse and to use that energy to actually do something about it, right? Um, so when you start to see people getting angry over these things that seem ridiculous, maybe there's a deeper reason. Maybe that reason that it seems like people are just looking for a fight is is because they haven't given themselves to some sort of larger to la- to a larger mission or a larger purpose. Like they're not they're looking for a fight because they're not already in one. And maybe the reason, like a good one at least, that is, and maybe the reason people lose their minds over things like celebrities and sports is because they haven't given themselves to to something larger. Right. Um, it's like uh, it's like watching uh, my my kids are playing sports. Daughter's playing softball. Kids are my son's playing uh, baseball. And when I see these parents that lose their mind over a six year old baseball game, uh, I can't help but wonder, like one is everything okay with you? Or two, like, if this is the thing that you're expending your energy and anger on, like, what's the bigger thing in your life? Do you know? Or even even if you take, like, professional sports and you see, um, like, endless the endless melodies of, of booze and profanities, uh, sometimes I wonder if it, if it has more to do with the idea that we as people were made for something bigger. And then when we're not connected to or working for something or on behalf of something bigger than ourselves, then we're taking this energy um, that's supposed to bring like a positive change into the world. And we're, we're using it for something so very small and so very petty. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like um, sometimes people say things like, well, I just have a temper. Really? Or is that just the language we use to justify the things going on inside of us that we haven't dealt with? Yeah. The, the truth is, there will always be things to complain about. There will always be things that you can allow yourself to get upset and angry about. There will always be people um, on the flip side of that that will need your help. So the question for us is, will you allow your anger to continue to contribute to the brokenness and hurt in the world, or will you allow your anger to be used to bring sort of healing to the world? He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. To to experience anger is a part of what it means to be human, 
but to follow to follow the divine to be more like Jesus is to accept the truth that you were made to be a part of something bigger than yourself. You were made to be a part of a cause that actually increases the amount of peace and love in the world. Right? And and how how much better how much better of a world would it be if we as individuals one began to to look if we began to appropriately place this energy and this power of the anger that wells up inside of us. One, I mean, think about what the result would be. Um, instead of continually being upset with the minor things, all of that energy and, and power would be transferred into something that could like potentially change and shape something for the better, right? Instead of being upset at your kid's little league game, instead of getting upset at the person that cut in front of you, instead of getting upset at the DMV for them taking too long, like you have a, you, you found this bigger purpose in which you can take that frustration and put it into to make the world a better place. So then maybe the question for us is like in this moment, what are the things that, that you're getting upset about? Maybe you take like a, um, maybe you keep like a journal for a day or a week or just a little note of paper and, and jot down what makes you frustrated. And then, and then, um, not only what makes you frustrated, but like h- how much of this, how is this affecting your day? How is this affecting your general like well being? Do you find yourself continually like annoyed, perturbed, disturbed, frustrated at things? Um, and then go back and look at that thing, uh, at that list and, try to discover are these things that are like small and petty and maybe, <laughs> and maybe I do have an anger problem uh, or maybe maybe by looking at this list what you see is maybe you're maybe you don't quite have that bigger thing that's keeping you tethered and anchored that you can put this energy into right by keeping that list it allows you to one identify, how often and and for what reason you get upset, but two, maybe this helps you to see like, oh, uh, I, I I need something bigger in my life that that I can use use my life for. That's not just small petty things. It was a a few years ago, uh, several years ago now, I guess. Um, I uh, I worked for this work for slash tried to start. Uh, participated in this nonprofit that was geared towards uh, modern day slavery. Uh, and I, granted, it didn't it didn't really go very far. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But um, I remember several years ago when like the anti trafficking modern day slavery stuff really uh, kind of was was on the on the forefront of like social justice type issues. Uh, and and it, it's still it's still a huge issue, obviously, and and even even today, there's they say there's more people that are being trafficked in the world now than there were during the great um, uh, uh, Atlantic cross Atlantic slave trade, like coming out of Africa into Europe into America, which which was a terrible terrible thing. Not not trying to minimize that at all, but I remember hearing some of the stats on some of that and seeing seeing some of how that goes down and, and the great measures that people went to in order to traffic human beings 
and just the absolute atrocities that were being committed in the name of humans making money off of other humans. And that really made me angry. I mean, like, really, like, sits deep within my stomach anger. Um, and that was part of, part of why me and a group of folks started to, like, try to do something. Right. Like we, we were able to make some contacts. We, we were able to go to, um, we went to India. We spent a couple of weeks in India at a, at a place where it was like a, um, they dealt with like on the preventative side of trafficking as well as the, uh, post side of trafficking, like girls coming out of trafficking. Um, and we were in Calcutta in the kind of like the red light district area. And there was a little, there was a, a group of, of people that had a house and they would, they were basically uh, setting up a school and helping um, kids to learn a trade. And their primary group of like kids that they were working with was uh, like young boys and young girls whose moms were prostitutes in the red light district. And so there was um, one particular night where, uh, we were able to go see like the, the, the main strip in that area where, you know, prostitution was, was taking place. And, uh, they would have these, they would have little girls on the street. Um, and the thought was that it was safer for them to be on the street than it was for them to be in the, in the rooms or in the, in the houses with the moms who were doing this because there was this idea that if um, if the if the John wasn't happy with the woman, he could grab hold of the daughter, and so in order to prevent their young girls who were uh, born out of this prostitution, anyways, to prevent them from being taken advantage of, it, there was this idea that it was safer for them to be on the streets, like outside in the middle of the night. And I remember how heartbreaking and gut-wrenching that whole thing was. We also went to a, a safe house for a girl who had escaped trafficking, for girls who had escaped trafficking. And there was one girl, uh, maybe she was 13-ish, maybe younger, uh, who was pregnant from, from this, right? Uh, and man, the, the, there's this like thing that boils up within you when you see something like that, when you see the atrocities of that, and especially now, this was, you know, before I had kids. Uh, if I think about my own daughter being stuck in a situation like that, like that's, that's pretty brutal. Um, we were also able to go to like, uh, we went to Guatemala, um, to, was it Haiti, Guatemala? Um, I think yeah, it was Haiti first. We went to Haiti uh, and and we're uh, looking at like uh, they had this they have this thing that happens and, and some of this has changed a little bit, but I think the term they used was like restavec, uh, something like that. And the idea was that um, if there was a uh, if there was a, a Haitian family that was well off and they had some relatives that were less well off that lived that were more peasant type people that lived out in the surrounding villages that were struggling to get by. And, and if you're a family that's struggling to get by, you've got a bunch of kids and you're struggling to feed them. Um, 
it was a common thing to send one of your or a couple of your children to your more wealthy family members in the city with the idea that they would work for the family, um, but also they would like have proper schooling, they would be fed, taken care of, you know, like have a better have a better chance at surviving and having a good life. Um, but what would happen is they would uh, they would basically use them kind of like uh, kind of like slaves, where they would just keep the kids at home, treat them poorly, make them do all their housework. You know, they weren't giving them the education, um, and it, it became, in fact, it came became such a big problem that they um, the Haitian government uh, created a, a law that said once they got to the age of like you know 11, 12, 13, whatever that then the families were supposed to start paying them. Like it was so bad that the government recognized it and they said, oh, okay, well, at a particular age of them being at your place, you you now are responsible to pay them. So <clears throat> the unintended, unintended consequence of the whole thing was that you the families decided, a lot of families, instead of paying uh, their relatives that they have been treating as slaves for however many years they were just kind of kicking them out so so now you have these poor kids from poor villages going to live uh, with their more wealthy more well-off families relatives <clears throat> that they were being abused being mistreated being treated like slaves not getting the educations that they were supposed to be getting and then kicking them out on the street with no education and with no provisions, right? Like when you start to see some of this stuff like live and in person, and it's not just somebody else's problem, it's really brutal. It, it, it can make you, I mean, it's, it's gut wrenching and heartbreaking. It can, it, I remember seeing this stuff and hearing this stuff. And like when, especially when you're like there, uh, it was kind of hard not to be angry, you know? And so, so we all have to wrestle and deal with this anger from time to time. And the question will be, is it something first? Is it something that's worth getting upset about? Right. Is it, um, something simple and like, is it something simple that, that doesn't really amount to much? Um, Somebody cut you off. <laughs> uh, somebody stepped in front of you in line. Eh. Or is it something that like is worth getting upset and angry about? Like human trafficking. <laughs> like like uh, child slavery. Like any of this stuff. Like social injustice. Like um, the, the abuse of our natural resources. Stuff that like actually matters. And then the follow-up question is like, Okay, so what are you going to do with that anger? Are are you going to take that anger, this power and this energy and and displace that or misplace that into something lesser or are you going to take that anger and that power and that energy and use it in a way that can be healing and beneficial and restorative to the world? So, there you have it. That's the chair part because I smashed a chair. That's the chair part of the chair, the cup, and the bike. All right. Uh, think about that. Think about that.
What are you really getting upset about and why? Is it worth the energy and the effort? And is there a way that you can, that you can turn that anger into something good? Do you have something bigger to put that towards? Something that will be beneficial for all of us. All right, my friends, that'll be it for today. This is episode Sneaky Emu, episode number 35, I think is what we're calling it. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. Mom, thank you for listening. And as always, I'm sending you all the love in your general direction. Talk to you later. Bye. We're here to unlearn Teachings of the church and the state We're here to drink beer We're here to kill war